is the 911 Calls Podcast with the operator and his trusty junior assistant, Mr. Luna. I can't say anything else, ma'am. Okay, I need more information for the rescue. Kasera, dispatch me Delta Police 902 possible. Somebody got shot. 901 from Wood Street. It's the middle bedroom. Bye. Hey everyone, just before we hit the record on this, Jack was uh, accosted by a large snowstorm and we fashioned together a recording device with a tin can, two 9 volts, some bubble gum, a hearing aid, and half a pack of cigarette wrappers. So, forgive his audio and feel bad for him for being in a snowstorm. And without further dudes, here we go. Hey, Luna. Hey, operator. How's uh, how's it going? Good. Not bad. We just talked for a lot uh, beforehand, like usual, so it's hard to pretend that uh, we were just talking, but not bad. You? <laughs> Good. Uh, I actually kept a couple things in the back pocket to talk about because I thought it's fun. Um, oh, good. Uh, you uh, do you do you keep track of do, do you have other friends other podcast friends there in Canada that, that do podcasts? I do. Yeah, I do. You do? Me too. Um, I'm excited about something. Uh, there's a there's a guy that I that that I may have on the 911 show calls podcast sometime in the future. Actually, mm-hmm. I might bring somebody on. I don't know. I'll keep it secret for the moment, but. Uh, but it's it's gonna be funny. He's a cool guy. He's a, okay. he's a pod, this is podcaster in Canada. <laughs> compelling podcast so far here. So there's been a few times uh, where Mike Brown from Dark Poutine Podcast, who I call Mike Poutine, has helped us mm-hmm. out when we did Crime Machine and Dark Topic, and he's he's play, he's played our promo, and uh, he never has requested us play it back. But I guess we're doing pretty good because he sent me his promo finally, and I guess he's <laughs> like, oh, maybe they can benefit me now i'll send him the promo <laughs> so i take it as i take it as a, a sign of respect from mr mike poutine sure mike mike Br- so you call him you called him mike poutine because it differentiated from other mics there's another mike brown from a podcast called pleasing terrors podcast which is a great podcast yeah too. um so yeah that's why i was calling him that i met mike at the canadian crime show he came out and saw me where i live on his way through canada like three or four years ago, we hung out. Uh, I did a yeah. podcast episode with him, but he's he's doing a he had a little hiatus there, and he's kind of he's doing a little I don't know I don't want to call it a restart, but he's um, ramped it back up. Yeah, he's ramping it back up, and and he's got a cool new promo for us to play. You want to play the Dark Poutine podcast promo? Yeah, I saw a picture before you and I were ever even we were ever even knew each other. I saw a picture of of you and and Mike Brown. Mike Poutine, mm-hmm. at, I, I believe maybe your house in yeah. lawn chairs, drinking beers <laughs> with your shiny white legs. Yes, he doesn't drink, but I was drinking a lot. Yeah, I think I smoked a pack of cigarettes and drank fifteen beers in front of him, and he was like, it's "Probably, okay. ki- <laughs> it's probably kind of nerve wracking because you know he's a celebrity." So no, at the know. time he wasn't. I was more of a celebrity than he was. Oh, <laughs> so. Um, I'm sure he's going to love this promo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I love his podcast. I've always thought that Mike, Mike Brown had a great voice, a great radio voice. And he's got a, yes. a really um, easygoing personality. He's very down to earth. He's got a lot of personal experience that he doesn't weave in all the time. But you can tell in the way that he breaks things down that the guy, you know, he's he's um, he's he's lived some life. And um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm happy to play his uh, his promo. Let's play it. Let's just play it right now. Okay, you know one thing I really I I really like about Dark Poutine is as a non-Canadian, mm-hmm. you get a good healthy dose of Canadian oh, yeah. culture yeah, big with time. Dark Poutine. Like it's sort of like if the Red Green Show and Trailer Park Boys 
and Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom had a baby because it's very Canadian, <laughs> but it's yeah. very well researched. The guy's a wizard when it comes to research and just the what he brings to the table in his episodes. It's really, it's really captivating. I think he does a great job. Me too. I'm I'm excited to see what he does going forward. His former co-host Scott isn't there anymore, um, mm. but so it's I don't know what he's going to do. I think I don't, I'm excited to see what he does. Um, but yeah, definitely check out Dark Poutine Podcast. He's one of many great Canadian podcasts. Up here? Down here? Over there? I don't know where. Hey, let's play the promo. Here it is. Okay. How's it going, eh? I'm Mike Brown, host of the Dark Poutine Podcast. Every week we serve up a new helping of Dark Poutine, which focuses on true crime and dark history from north of the 49th parallel, with the Ottawa game covering cases from around the globe. So put on your toque, grab yourself a double-double and a Nanaimo bar, and join me and a co-host every Monday for a new episode of Dark Poutine, part of the Curious Cast Network with Chorus Entertainment. You can easily find us on any podcatcher, including iTunes and Spotify. Just search for Dark Poutine and hit subscribe. That's a great promo. <laughs> He's got a nice voice, right? He does. I love, I love his voice. He's, yeah, I could listen to his voice all day. Right, a little tingle in your jingle or your dingle, whatever you're packing down there. <laughs> that yes <laughs> hey you know what i thought we we do really quick is i'm kind of excited about this actually uh for a long time for a long time we've uh we've had well a long time relatively speaking in podcast terms um we've had then this show the 911 calls podcast with the operator and and jack <laughs> But uh, we've also had the dark calls on Patreon, right? And mm-hmm. and uh, even like this last week, I was reading some comments on Facebook, and there was people that are like, "I, I really, I want to check out the dark calls, but I'm not quite there yet. I'm not sure I could <laughs> do it." <laughs> you know, and That's and I felt I I feel bad because I think the way we've marketed it is it's like, uh, you know. <laughs> If you're evil, come yeah. and check this out. Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah, it's not that, right? I mean, no. uh and and to for that to that point, I don't know if anybody if you haven't heard it yet, go and check out episode number 33 on this feed here for dark, for uh 911 calls podcast. It's a free bonus dark call. It's a full episode and it's one of our favorites, but if 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 you like that, there are more uh, of those. There's a ton more on Patreon. But the reason I bring that up is because I'm I'm excited about the fact that it just kind of dawned on me today that we've got kind of uh, white meat being 911 calls. We've got the dark meat, which is the dark calls, mm-hmm. and on Patreon on the five dollar best five dollar tier on Patreon, we also have brutal, oh, which brutal. is like the the charred meat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's charred. Yeah, so that's what you get. Uh, it's it's the, yeah, don't be afraid of the $5 tier. We got a dark call, like you said. We got Brutal. Brutal, which is a podcast I do with Kent Chungus, mm-hmm. and it's some of the some of the crimes that, you know, you wouldn't want to just have thrown in your ear if you're listening to, like, a, a public podcast. I think it would be unfair yeah. to jump you with this stuff, but we warn you ahead of time, this is the most brutal stuff that we could possibly find just historically bad crimes you know what i really like about it is you guys have dug deep and i believe ft norton now ft norton is researching us for that for us now yeah and she's a wizard or wizardess Mm -hmm. or something magical like that she she finds the craziest and because she's a crime reporter Mm -hmm. uh she finds cases that you've never i never have heard of and like you can't you can't believe that some of these have passed by the the mainstream podcasters or mainstream true crime crowd but you guys are digging some deep holes <laughs> on brutal and we are and that's why we didn't want we didn't want to make it a public podcast because we we also like to joke around a bit it's gallows humor yeah. and we're not making fun of anybody or anything but you know there's some nasty situations that we get into and we joke and um so if that's your thing <laughs> you know <laughs> brutal did we sell it yet did we sell freaking five dollars we i think we sold it and then we Ripped it out of their pocket. Put it back in their pocket for them. <laughs> but uh, no, it's amazing. It, if I had to put it in TV ratings or movie ratings, you got your PG, PG-13, probably PG-13 with 911 calls. Dark calls mm-hmm. is, you know, pushing PG-13 R rating, you know, as far as like, yeah. if you could watch an R-rated movie, you can hang with dark calls. And then you've got like R, don't bring your kids to the theater. 
<laughs> kind of yeah. rating with brutal. Like, give give us one example. Give us one like little oh. tidbit of something that you that you've covered. <laughs> just just a oh, little man. thing. Oh man, it's tough. That that you've covered on on brutal. Just just something you think okay. that you could. All right. That, the soccer mom in her car right now with the kids around. Just maybe even veil it a little. Tell us. There isn't any. There, I, I don't know. think I can. I, don't, I can't. Okay. <laughs> and I'm not I trying can't. to hype that thing up. We listen to some horrible stuff here. Um, but when it comes to, to Brutal, we've really dug up these details. If you're like me, you shut off a podcast or you, you turn off the TV when these type of things come. And uh, I'm not a big fan of really grotesque content. But... I like the podcast, and I find it fun to run through these things with Kent because he can handle just about anything. For me, I'm the same way. Like, I'm not looking. I'm not looking for horrible. You know, I, I don't like hunt. I don't like seek it out. But what's amazing to me is just like the mainstream media, the the things that have made it into our our purview as far as crimes go. They are typically things that the media has already scrubbed and said, this is terrible, but here is the fashion we're going to, here here is the way we're going to phrase this, couch this uh, case. This, you know, Bundy is a lot worse than what you get on a Netflix special about Bundy. Bundy mm-hmm. is a lot worse. You know, the yeah. things that he did, the things that have, but these, these these cases that I would say that are are on brutal, there's no way you could kind of polish it and have no, it no. be presentable for the six o'clock news. There's just you can't. Although some some podcasts have uh, on one of the particular cases, and that's why when it was going to be a public podcast, I I had labeled it. I said this is a sugar free podcast, which is a little bit corny, right? But it means it's not <laughs> it's not sugar coated in any way. And I like that sugar free podcasting, but you can't you can't really do that. You can publicly, but it might not be well received. But on Patreon, where people know us a little bit better and and whatever, that's where we're doing that thing. Anyways, five dollars here. Yeah. Plus a lot of other stuff, 25% off of the store, yeah. everything like that. Yeah. Anyway, I just felt like we hadn't presented an updated menu. No, I know. What you get at the $5 tier in a while. You, so, you get you uncut know. 911 calls, all of our chatter before this happens. You get a dark call and you get brutal episode and you get early releases of all three, four of our podcasts, 25% off of the store, like you said. Then there's a $13 yeah. tier, but you can check that out when you get there if you decide to go in there. There's more yeah. dark topic stuff, more personal. It's the backstage pass is how you... Uh, described it before the operator. Yeah, I think yeah, five dollar tier. Five dollar tier is is a great backstage access, and then thirteen dollar tier is like a whole different lens on us. It's a microscopic lens on the brain and the heart and the mind of Jack Luna. A different lens on the operator, as far as you yeah. know, actual video lens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on yeah, some things, fun. but there's a shameless plug. Yeah. Okay. Hey, I, I let's. Uh, I have a question for you. Sure. Hey, Luna. Hey. Have you, as an adult, hey, have you, as an adult, <sighs> ever come across one of those piece of crap kids that's doing something illegal or mischievous, and when you call them out on it, they get all tough and say things like, "What are you going to do about it?" or "You want to hit me, old man?" or "Ha ha! Look at how much faster I can run than you!" or "Ah!" my leg I think I broke my leg when I tripped at a high rate of speed or stop stop it you're crushing my legs with your adult sized shoes or <laughs> you ever you ever had that happen yeah definitely and I guess you're asking like how I deal with that yeah what do you do I've I don't I don't have a problem chasing a kid down and tripping him I, I don't care I mean I'll go after him a little bit yeah him like you know if there's a, if there's a Kid, it's happened to me before. They were throwing rocks at us. We were at some barbecue. I just chased him in behind some bushes, tripped him, got in his ear, said some horrible things to him, and then he just went away. I think he was like, it, I, I like what people say, like, you can't do that. It's like, well, I can. I just did it. I can. I mean, I'm doing it. <laughs> I, I just did it. Well, yeah, well, that's against the law. Yeah, well, there's no cops around. So got away with it. Kids, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't beat a kid up, but I'll definitely put some fear into a kid who thinks he can get away with doing whatever the hell he wants. I think that as adults, that is a, you know, it, it falls in the get off my lawn territory where we're just kind of, we seem petty as adults because we're getting so angry and shaking our fists. And we know that as the youths, they really are more or less untouchable. They know it too. You know, they know yeah. we can't do much. But actually, we can. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the term civil parental liability? 
No, no. And can I please just make it clear before people come at me because they always yeah. kind of do about that kind of thing? I'm joking. The kid was like 12 years old. Oh. All right. Yeah. Beat the beat the crap out of that kid. I, and and my, my point is, when someone says you can't do that, yes, I can. If I'm willing to risk... All the repercussions, the which I am, if I'm angry sure. enough. So don't don't think that I, don't think that people. All you eight to ten year olds listening, don't think you can get away with <laughs> whatever the hell you want. Is what I'm. So that's what I'm trying to get across. It, it, what's frustrating to me is when a kid is like that. Typically, it's a criminal mindset. They're like, mm-hmm. they don't grow out of that. You know, usually it's something that's imbued in them at a young age, and then it turns out being a watch what I can do as an adult hold my beer yeah but often too like it's it's a situation where they've gotten away with it for so long too i take a lot of joy in breaking the spirit of bullies (laughs) (laughs) like little ones i can't break the spirit of my size bullies they're too big for me they just bully me around but if i see little bullies then it's my turn to be a bully i still don't do well with i don't do well with it like uh, like a year ago i think there were some crappy kids on crappy bikes and I was chasing him around in my car like I'm gonna like like something's gonna happen you know like I'm gonna be able to end this somehow when I'm chasing him around town it's dumb I was a, I was a fool I like I like how you're such a bike snob now that you got a bike <laughs> they have crappy Other bikes crappy bikes <laughs> um okay. Okay, well, here's a little bit of comfort, actually, as an adult. For any adults listening, close your 8- to 10-year-old child's earballs and listen to this. So, there is a term called civil parental liability. Uh, So, in most states, parents are actually responsible for all the malicious or willful property damage done by their children. So, it's called civil parental liability because it's non-criminal acts, Um, The parent's obligated only for financial compensation to the party that's harmed by their child's actions Mm -hmm. in this case. You know, civil, civil type. That's why it's called civil. Um, They vary state by state, but for the most part, um, uh, you can can be hit with a pretty significant financial uh, implication for your children's actions. (laughs) Like in California – they they impose twenty five thousand dollars per incident on parents or guardians for any damages that their that their children wow. uh, cause. It can be crazy. I mean, so That's now cool. when you're out there talking to the little trash bags as they run around, you can say, "Hey, I don't care about you. I'm gonna go take a bunch of money from your parents." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, wow. I wonder how many of those actually work. Like, I wonder, you know, sometimes there's laws like this that just never really get grabbed and put into play. They just kind of hang around. Well, you know, and you think about it, like, like you can't, you can't like catch a kid graffitiing a school and you get money. You know, it's Ah. it's it's got to be an offense on you or your property. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and then, you know, we have some recourse, but still you gotta go to a lawyer and you gotta do all the things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you gotta spend money to make the money if you're going to try that route. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it just, I feel a lot of comfort in knowing that next time I see one of those little poop faces, I have the upper hand and can say something like, if you were older, I'd wrap this phone cord around your neck and start you like a lawnmower. But since you're one of those youths, I'm just going to sue your parents for up to $25,000 for willful misconduct. Now you get, get on, get, don't make me kiss you on the mouth. Whoa. What was that? What was that last part? <laughs> to the kid? Oh, don't make been, me kiss. You're getting riled up just, there. I've been shadow boxing that scenario so long. I oh. I've gotten a little <laughs> carried away. <laughs> you chasing the kid down, tripping him, getting in his ear, then just coming right up to the mouth and kissing, <laughs> kissing him a lot. <laughs> you know, you always end discipline with love. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! Can you imagine Don't like you. getting picked on as a kid by a bully who trips you, knocks you down, just starts French kissing the hell out of your face, just making out with you. That's his way of bullying. Oh. Or what if our legal system was like that, where you like can get convicted of a crime, but then the judge has to like give you a really long hug, <laughs> and, like whisper in your ear about your potential future after you, you know, like it's gonna be all right, buddy. Just get in there, just let it happen. Come here. Oh yeah, oh uh, yeah. You're gonna be fine. Ten to twenty. 
Yeah. Come over. We'll barbecue after. You know, something <laughs> yeah. that'd be weird. Okay. Well, uh-huh. if you if you haven't heard of civil parental liability, I'm guessing you haven't heard of criminal parental liability. No, can't wait. <laughs> All right. So, really quick, just basically, if if civil parental liability is like the Frank James of the world, then criminal parental liability is the Jesse James of mm-hmm. parental slash child legal entanglements. Um, in the U.S., at least, it's it's also called often contributing to the delinquence of a minor. Mm-hmm. Or, since you're in Canada, some parents can be held liable for their children's actions under a term called moral turpitude. But if that still sounds foreign to you, which I'm guessing it does, it does. maybe it would help if I put it into the Queen's English oh, for God. you. You ready? Yeah. Here we, here we go. Moral turpitude is an act of baseness, vileness, or depravity in the private and social duties which a man owes to his fellow men or to society in general, contrary to the accepted and customary rules of right and duty between man and man. Oh, my God. Now does it ring a bell? No. Uh, so guess what? Today we're going to listen to a 911 call. Oh, cool. Yeah. This call comes during an incident at the home of Deborah Mangus, a resident of Fulton County, Ohio. Deborah was the mother of Amanda Mangus. Amanda had been living at the home of her parents, Deborah and Mike, there in Fulton County. And Amanda started out life as a baby, and then she grew up. <laughs> that, I don't know, I hate that that made me laugh. When she was 23 years old, her father described Amanda as a typical 23-year-old still growing up. He said she made some good decisions, some bad decisions, but she was doing a good job raising her boy. Oh, end quote. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) After growing up beyond childhood, though, she moved into her teenage years. And after she went into early adulthood, when she reached the age of 23, she had a 10-month-old baby named Winston. (laughs) The baby was born as a baby as determined by standard science, but I don't know how much 10 months is in kilograms, but 10 months... For you listening from the Queen's territories, suffice it to say, is 10 U.S. months old when the call took place. Okay. Is that clear? Tedious, clear. Let's keep going. Amanda had produced the baby whilst in a relationship with the man. That man was James Ramey. The best way to describe James would be as follows. He's one part water, one part vinegar, one part baking soda with just a touch of iodine. Do you know what that makes, James? No. A volcano? A douche. (laughs) (laughs) A total douche. All right. According to neighbors, James, quote, acted like he could care less about Amanda. And I thought to myself, why is she carrying everything up to the door and him sit there in the car and not help her at all? He looked like he was mad at the world and... A bad attitude at that, I thought. <laughs> That's what the neighbor said about him. Uh-huh. James' baking soda side of his personality would bubble over in August of 2016. James was charged with aggravated menacing. According to court documents, Amanda believed he was going to cause physical harm to her. The document goes on to say that James held a knife to Amanda's throat and said he was going to kill her in her sleep if she left him. So I'm kind of thinking, yeah, I think Amanda was onto something. I think so, yeah. So because of that, Amanda filed a personal protective order against Ramey, but he violated that on February 16th and a complaint plate was made to the court that says that James contacted Amanda through social media. So that was a violation of the order. The judge in that case in particular in 2016 sentenced James to one year of active probation. He ordered him not to contact Amanda to complete a batterer's intervention program and undergo alcohol assessment and treatment. And then he suspended a jail term of 180 days. I don't know. In an interview, the judge said, uh, quote. <laughs> Why did you say, I don't know? Because it's funny I, you say that because I'm kind of, I don't even know what's going on suddenly. But keep going. <laughs> As I thought I said that. I thought that I said that in my own head. No, I did. Okay, that was you. Because 
it's confounding. I'll, I'll get there. I guess I, my, my confoundment was ahead of my mouth. So the judge was asked about why he gave this, this sentence to him. And he said, certainly we judges don't have crystal balls and can't see what the future is. But the probation report came back that this guy was a moderate to low risk offender. Wow. I'm not sure what his balls are actually made of, but letting somebody walk who holds a knife to someone's throat and threatens to kill her if she ever leaves him seems like maybe if you're the judge and you made the call he did where you just give him like nothing and suspend a 180-day jail term, which he never had to serve, Mm -hmm. your balls are probably made of cotton or or, (laughs) or finger paints or something easily played with like that because that's not a sentence. (sighs) So the protection order that the the court had in place, which was so, oh, so effective, apparently, included both Amanda and their 10-month-old Winston, son, boy. Um, And it also determined that Amanda would have full custody of Winston. This was not going to go well, as you can imagine. One day in March of 2017... That protection order was violated by James. He showed up in the dark hours of the morning, uh, kicked in the door of the house of Deborah and Mike, where Amanda and Winston were sleeping. Deborah and Mike are Amanda's parents. Mm -hmm. And just as you would assume from someone who was part vinegar and part baking soda, everything started blowing up. (laughs) So the following call is the phone call placed to 911. Um, Are you ready for me to... Hit play. That's what we're here for. Let's do this. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Wilson County 911, where's your emergency? I need an ambulance at 901 Sunland Street. There's been a shooting. A what? She's been shot in the heart. Who has? Somebody, somebody that lives in that residence. Okay, what's the address you got? Nine. Zero one Fernwood Street. Fernwood? Fernwood in Delta. Okay. And how do you know that she's been shot? Because I heard it. You heard the gunshot? Yes. Okay, but it's not Okay, confirmed. I can't say anything else, ma'am. Okay, I need more information I, for the rescue. Sarah, dispatch me Delta Police 902 possible somebody got shot. 901 Fernwood Street is the middle bedroom. Bye. Middle bedroom? So that's how I deal with telemarketers. You know, like I just talk <laughs> right. right over them. I'm like, and what I say is, I'm like, hey, listen, I understand you're doing your job. I just don't want to waste your time. I'm not interested. Take me off the list. Doink. Hang up. Yeah. Because I right? used to be a telemarketer. Like, I know what they need, right? Yeah. So <laughs> Proud to of that. me, when I heard that call, I was like, well, okay, let me ask you, what, what are your thoughts after hearing that woman on the phone? What, what do you think she's doing? What, what's her end game there? No idea. It's almost like, but it was almost like she has something to hide. Although, although, um, I felt like, you know, just something was still happening. Like she needed to go help. So you had no time to sit around and answer these questions on the phone. You know the location, you know what's going on. Bye. I want to, yeah. I, I want to yeah. help maybe. So what's weird to me is that like she says a someone a human or a woman yeah, or weird. she says someone was shot in the heart yeah and <laughs> not to mention the 911 operator acted like like she didn't actually work in a 911 yeah. call center cuz <laughs> they were true. like she's been shot she's like she what happened <laughs> oh, what, what? <laughs> I'm not to laugh yeah seriously but uh, so once the shock wore off on what had just happened, uh-huh. um, she asked her some questions like, who are you and who was shot? And she doesn't give up any information. Like, you, to your point, she sounds like nonplussed, like 911 called her. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> what it sounded like. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> I thought the exact same thing. Like, what is she hiding? That You know, something. So that's why I started this episode talking about hiding the crimes, you know, of our children. Uh, uh, like, you could gotcha. be held accountable, you know, if, if like, your child does something and you don't come forward, you can literally be liable for that person's, for that child's mistakes, criminally even. So, like, um, y- your child does something, if you don't 
come forth with the information or it's determined that that the the situation could have been prevented by you mm-hmm. not being negligent with your firearms or uh, access to drugs or something you know th- you could literally be held criminally um, complicit in those cases and that's what I was thinking when I was I was like Hang on, sounds like she's covering for somebody. That's you know, interesting. Like, now I now I feel that way too because you've probably heard the call. And, you know, it's easy to say what you think when you've heard the call. I haven't heard this call. But after reading into this case pretty deeply, that has absolutely nothing to do with what's going on here. Oh, really? Cuz now oh man, I yeah. I was like yeah. excited now. I'm like, man, that mom's running around and she's she's covering up the crime, but she also is concerned for the victim who doesn't want it to be murder if it doesn't have to be. Yeah. So like none of what we discussed at the beginning of this has episode is actually nothing? relevant. Uh, no, it doesn't. Hilarious. But it was a lot of research, so I thought, ah heck, why not talk about it anyway? Oh, you, still. you were researching as you went, right? And and creating the script as you went. That's hilarious. I was like, Oh, this is gonna be juicy. And so I did all the research on that. I thought, eh, this is a good question. So I guess we'll keep them in even <laughs> completely irrelevant. Wow. Nice peek behind the curtain there. That's like freaking peeking behind the curtain and find a Willy Wonka, like making love to a candy watermelon. <laughs> what? Well, you're peeking behind the curtain on your researching process. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. I see. I see. I'm high. I'm Something. a little high left. Like I'm on another level. I'm very, I'm very seldom stumped by <laughs> what you say. I uh, know <laughs> you got, no. you got me there. A- anyway, um, okay. So here's what went down. Deborah was the one who made the phone call. Amanda's mother. Amanda's mother made this phone call to nine one one that you just heard. The reason for her vague nature on the phone was because she was being held hostage Mm. as James fled the scene with her and baby Winston in tow. Gotcha. Yeah. So suddenly it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. you know, like, why was she being so vague? She wasn't saying anybody's name, nothing, something about a middle bedroom. And it sounded like she was running track at the same time, Mm -hmm. you know, um, yeah, so so here's here's what happened. So police arrived on the scene at around 5 a.m., and they found Amanda alone in the house in one of the bedrooms with a gunshot wound to the chest. She was barely alive, and they said that Amanda's first, and a little bit of foreshadowing here, last words upon their arrival were, where's Winston, mm-hmm. which tipped them off to the fact that the baby was no longer in the house and had most likely been abducted. Oh, man, it's got dark quick. Yeah. So she was actually pronounced dead uh, shortly thereafter at the hospital. Um, An Amber Alert was dispatched. (laughs) I got the... I don't know how I came across this. Actually, I do know how I came across it, but it's pretty funny. Not funny. Uh, just odd. Let's let's listen kind of to a som- a kind of a somber moment <laughs> in the podcast, right? Sorry, and she's sorry. dead, and her child has been kidnapped. So, anyways, I got this funny little clip I want to play here. So, an Amber Alert goes out, right? And so, let's listen to a local guy who recorded his reaction onto his phone as the Amber Alert came across his TV screen. Why? Why right. was he randomly recording his TV screen when an Amber Alert popped up? I'm not sure, and. Why, when the nature of an Amber Alert is to distribute the message far and wide, forcing its way into all of our radios, cell phones, and TV screens, did this guy upload it to YouTube? I'm still not quite sure. But I found it and its content, and I thought I would play it here now. So, you want to hear this? I can't wait. Yeah, this, I'm really excited about this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm big on watching uh, YouTube channels of guys who have like 86 views and stuff. That's what I do. So, That's can't wait. This is exactly what that was. So, here we go. Here we hit play. Ready. Okay, here we go. Oh, it's close. Child abductions, Amber Alert. Well, the, well, they call it an Amber Alert, but it's formally called abduction emergency. It's kind of uncommon. Six foot, weighing 150 pounds. The suspect 
Armed and dangerous. Not that far from here. Wow. Never heard an armed dangerous ambulance before. Okay, so the content there was a little thin, mm-hmm. and you hear the guy's conversation to it, maybe himself or to whoever was eating a TV dinner next to him. Mm-hmm. But it did make me think. It made me think th- th- how brilliant. Amber Alerts are. Mm-hmm. They're so few and far. Have you ever had one show up oh, on yeah. your phone or your well, TV? Well, we live in the your, middle of nowhere, right? But when I when I've traveled a little bit, yeah, I've seen them. When I was in the states, yeah. they were popping off all the time. Depending on the saturation of the population where you live, they happen more frequently. But like yeah. where I live, they're not very common. You know, you might get an Amber Alert once every three to six months or so. You know, something something very. It's not common. So when it happens. I'm glued to it. I I remember like I I remember all the information. I mm. screen grab it so that I can have it. Like cool. I can't think of a lot of things just as general population that we react so proactively to that. Mm-hmm. One time I was in a, a Home Depot with uh, Sam 2.0 and a an Amber Alert came across, and like everyone's phone around me crazy. blew up. You know, it was crazy to be in such a place with I don't know. There's 30 people in line, everyone's phone, boom. And Sam was like, "What's going on?" And I showed him, and I was like, "Oh, there's an Amber Alert." You know, somebody's this is a you know, and he reads it, and so like the whole time, like the whole way home, eyes just glued out the window looking, looking. for a blue Mercedes. Yeah, uh, wow. We don't we don't experience that out here. I mean, I'm like 10 years in the past. I, I, I really, when I said I went to the States and it was popping off all the time, I was lying to you. I was just trying to act like I was one of the gang. And you immediately well, kind of like said, oh, it doesn't happen that often. I was like, oh, I just got exposed to <laughs> lying about that. Oh. Uh, but yeah, no, that's, that sounds like the movie Cell. Remember the Stephen King book that he yes. wrote? When the, all that uh-huh. Yeah, that's, that's freaky. Yeah, just like that. Actually, I'm lying. I've never heard of the book Cell. <laughs> It's not worth reading. Don't worry about it. All right. I did see The Cell with Jennifer Lopez. Oh, that's terrible. That's the terrible. Jennifer yeah. Lopez. Ugh, she's so phony. Her and A Rod. Exactly. Like you're not from the block anymore, lady. But you got a billion dollars. Yeah, she's not relatable. Ugh. She's like the Michael Jackson level of relatability. And Alex Rodriguez is a moron. But anyways, power couple, I guess, right? You know, I don't. I don't really know what religion he is, but uh, a moron. Oh, <laughs> nice, good one. Like a Mormon? No, a moron. Moron. Yes. Yeah, so this Amber Alert goes out. He had taken Winston and the mother. So the scene's like crazy because the police are kind of behind the ball on this one, mm-hmm. just because of the nature of the the thing. They get the nine one one call. They show up. The house is like no one's there. The house is deserted, which doesn't happen very often in nine one one calls. If there's people that care about what's going on, or right. the person that makes a nine one one call usually sticks around, and you know, so there's there's like somebody to talk to. In this case, no. Amanda's dead. Mm-hmm. They're like, what's going on? So they put out this Amber Alert. I was gonna say, so, I was gonna say, she's still there. Oh yeah, no, she was present, which would be extra creepy because think about that. Her first and last words were, "Where's Winston?" Yeah, yeah. and they've got to piece things together because oh, they God. can't ask her any more questions. She dies. That's, yeah. So they're like, what's going? You know, so they're trying to mm-hmm. put all this together. This leaves Mike Mangus, the father. Mm-hmm of Amanda to arrive and try to collect himself with the scene that he was presented with. His daughter had been murdered. His wife and grandson been kidnapped by the killer. And now what? Now, yeah. now what happens? Right? <laughs> so he did a televised interview shortly after the events unfolded. Uh, let's listen to the interview he gave. All right. Uh, what, hey, what the heck did the lights just go out there? Yeah, no, 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 we're good. Huh? Oh, they didn't go out here either. You know why? Why? What are you talking about? Because we can pay the bills. Oh, gosh. <laughs> we have a storm going on here, so I thought that somehow something happened, but there's a lamp bomb beside me, so dude, I gotta, I'm not going to smoke weed next time that we do this. I think I grabbed the wrong one. Oh, all right. <laughs> 
All right, our ads are done. <laughs> Here's a uh, back to somber. <clears throat> Here's okay. So just set the scene here a little bit. This is Mike Mangus being interviewed shortly after coming across the scene and what's happened and everything. So the the Amber Alert has just gone out. He he's this does not have closure. So this is his interview. You ready for me to hit play? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Uh, they said about approximately 5.30, James had kicked the door in, shot my daughter once in the chest, and took the baby and my wife. And, uh, What's your wife's name? Deb. Same last name? Yeah. And they, uh, they uh, you know, said that, you know, that you assumed she, you know, I don't know, they don't know if she went willingly to take care of the baby or... You know, he forced her to come along to take care of the baby, but they said that they took my daughter to UTMC, uh, where she passed away. Uh, yeah, what, what hit me about that was the rapid nature of what's happening here. Imagine, I mean, this guy's probably barely found out. I mean, you can tell by the way he's recounting this. It's like, they just told me this, and they told me that, mm-hmm. and they told me this. He do, he hasn't had time to, to deal with anything, yet somebody, and probably rightly so, is like, hey, we need to get this message out there. Yeah. We need to, you, you're the father, this will resonate. Let's get you on TV. Mm-hmm. And so he's thrown into this thing where he has to recount, and then it hits him all at the end, like, What's going on? This is, it's terrible. It's terrible. terrible. You can feel it. Yeah, you can feel it. Hey, you can't, you can't blame the report. It's just a terrible situation. I mean, he's got yeah, a lot, he's got a lot, a lot worse things going on than just having a mic stuck in his face. It's just, I hate, I hate it. You can feel that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everybody's kind of got to do their job. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the public wouldn't know beyond the Amber Alert. They wouldn't know if the media wasn't there to try to convey, uh, you know, extend the message. So because of the Amber Alert, uh, several people who were in contact with James Ramey provided clues as to his location uh, as he was fleeing the area. Uh, additionally, police used cell phone pings to try and triangulate the location of him and his captor. So police in, get this, Fulton County, Indiana, performed a traffic stop on James's automobile and he was arrested without incident because mm-hmm. of all that information that was coming in. Wow. Deb... Deborah and the baby, Winston, were found to be unharmed. Good. Uh, the FBI was called in because he had fled over state lines. And now you're probably sitting there going, hang on, wait, hang on, wait. He lived in Fulton County, but he fled across state lines? Yes, that's correct, Jack. He lived in Fulton County, Ohio. Oh, okay. I wasn't thinking any of that stuff, by the way. I know, right? And he ended up in Fulton County, Indiana. Like, what are the odds? That's Yeah, there's a lot of Fulton Counties, it seems. Every time I watched Cops when I was a kid, it seemed it was in Fulton County. When I'm covering true crime cases, I'm like, oh, Fulton County. Covered that before. It always seems everywhere. Yeah, I would avoid living in Fulton County if if it weren't for me. Yeah. All right. Well, FBI were called in. Uh, James was placed on a $1 million bond by the judge that arraigned him on the charges of murder, mm-hmm. violating a protection order, and kidnapping. Why would a judge even offer bond for a person who is charged with murder and everything else, do you think? I don't know. Why would he even get bail? Why would he even offer bail? I don't know. He kind of put me on the spot there, huh? And I don't know. I put... I put myself on the spot, actually, with that one. I looked into it, and in, I have no freaking idea in this case why the judge would have allowed bail. Bail can be denied absolutely if the offender has committed a crime worthy of death penalty, and it can be determined if he's a potential harm to the public. Mm-hmm. The judge can just take it off the table, which I don't understand how the judge in this case gave him any bail whatsoever. Right. Considering what he'd done, Yes. I hear you. Yeah. So it sounds like this judge's balls might have been made out of like soup or <laughs> slinkies or something flimsy like the paper his judge degree was printed on. But I, I digress. I'm, I'm sure he had a good reason, which he never, literally never explained to anyone. <sighs> but right. uh, 
In this case, actually, James did avoid the death penalty by pleading guilty to murder with a gun specification, violating a personal protection order and the kidnapping charge. At his court date, he was immediately sentenced to 27 and a half years to life. His first chance at parole will be long after the world ends in 2044. Yeah, maybe. After the court proceedings, his attorney, though, reminded us that we should thank our lucky stars that this didn't go to trial because, well, let's let this bag of vinegar explain it. Do you want to hear from his attorney? Yes. Yeah, this guy's a treat. Hold on. All right, here we go. You ready for me to play on this? <laughs> yes, man. Okay. It was a uh, completely fair resolution based on the complexion of the evidence. Pretty compelling mitigation case. Had this proceeded to the second phase of a capital trial, we had a pretty compelling mitigation case. Such as? Um, an unusually abusive childhood, absence of stability, history of mental illness. The sort of things that tend to resonate uh, in a capital case. Oh my God. What a jerk. Like, so naturally, this attorney never had to actually prove that his client would have won in trial. But in true douchey fashion, he keeps talking smack after his clients is sentenced to life in prison. So this guy's balls are made of silly string or joke books or stuff that like nobody ever takes seriously, probably. Like, really? Like, what are you? Really? Your your guy was just sentenced to life. And you're like, well, you're lucky this never went to trial because we would have had you. We would have had you. Well, how mm-hmm. would you have had us? Well, let's just say we had some stuff. What'd you have? <laughs> oh, you know. You know. <laughs> bad history of a child as a child you know things that resonate i love that line <laughs> and then he ends it with things that would resonate like <laughs> like we would have been able to turn a cherry <laughs> what a tool yeah oh my gosh yeah. hey you want a happy ending sure take it yes please okay hey luna remember when you called me from sturgis to tell me how your vacation was going yeah i do we went to go see what's all the faces down there called again mount rushmore yes and we timed it like i told you about the the i think i talked about it on here the sturgis motorcycle rally was happening right in the middle of trump and it was like trump nation was there too right and it was just like what why did we come this time like at this time what are we thinking like a collision of cultures <laughs> we didn't want to be there but we were also wasn't that also when you went to cracker barrel and got your chicken sushi <laughs> like your uncooked chicken My uncooked chicken yeah and chicken breast underneath all that white gravy yes totally <laughs> totally clear well you know what a, what a raw chicken looks like just like that swallowed it vacation son. you yeah. remember when i called you from the potato that i, I stayed do in? i do remember that yeah yeah. yeah, that was a memory. Hey, do you know who you shouldn't call when you do something fun? I don't know. I don't know. The police. Maybe. Yeah, 911 maybe. You want me to uh, show you somebody who did? Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right, get ready for your heart to be warmed. Here we go. Elk 911, what is your emergency? Uh, How can I help you? Good. Is there is there a grown up there I can talk to? No. Are you there by yourself? No. Who's there with you? I'm home. I need to tell you something. Okay. What is your name? Kenneth. Kenneth. Lene. Oh, Lene. What do you want to tell me, Lene? Um. I can't hear you. You need to speak up, please. We went to Disney on Ice. You went to Disney on Ice? Yes. Okay. How old are you? How old are you, Lene? Four. And is your mommy or daddy there? Yeah. Can I talk to one of them? Um... No, they're busy. Well, I have to talk to them because I need to know more about Disney on Ice. Oh, they they know about it. Well, I don't know about it, so I need to talk to them about it. Oh, you know where it is? Can check them out, okay? Okay, can I talk to your mommy or your daddy? No, they're busy. I know they're busy, but I need to talk to one of them, please. Uh, Um... 
I'm busy, too. I'm going to play game shows. I just wanted to tell you something, but... Okay, well, bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> wow. That was awesome. <clears throat> Poor Lene. Little Lene. I've, I've listened to that call like 30 times. It just makes me smile every time. He's... He's... She's just so adorable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she had an answer adorable. for everything. It's like, is your mommy there? Yeah. Can yeah. I talk to her? No. <laughs> no. Busy. She's very laid back. I like when the yeah. operator told her she needed to speak up, and I was like, no, she doesn't need to speak up. She needs to take her mouth. Like, she's got the whole receiver in her mouth or something. Like, she's talking very loudly with her mouth right to the receiver. Don't tell her to speak up. Speak clearly. Back away. No, that I could was, just picture she was probably like behind the couch, you know, with the phone, just like hi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounded like my son. You know what my son's been doing lately, man? He's been, he's like three years old. He, he's coming up to me and he's got like this watch, and I'm like, hey, Charlie, how, how you doing, buddy? He's like, name's not Charlie, name's Death Watch. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, Death Watch. And then he'll talk to you if you call him Death Watch, and he's like, you got ten years left. <laughs> That's what he means by it. He's the guy who knows when people are going to die. I got 110 oh, power left, and you got 10 years left, Daddy. I'm Death Watch. Oh, cool. <laughs> Take that off. You're freaking me out. He's not, <laughs> I hope he's not right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, kids, though. Oh, yeah, kids. I love it when like you and I will be on a FaceTime or some video chat, and Charlie's sitting there on your lap, and he's just nodding like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like he's part of the conversation, just like, mm-hmm, yeah. What my dad's yeah. saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that part where that little girl was saying, I, got, I just wanted to tell you something. That, that sounds yeah. just like, I'm just going to tell you something. And he's got nothing planned to tell you, but he's got your attention now. Nothing. Manipulation. Yep. That was exactly. cute, man. Good for, the, good for that. Hey, I got a question <sighs> real quick before we go. Yeah. I, I, I meant to ask at the end of that call. So did he ever say why he shot her? Why he shot her? Is it obvious? Did I miss something there? Well, he shot her because he 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 had that protection order was keeping Winston from. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. I just yeah, I kind and, of tapped out there for a minute. I just wanted to clarify that. Cool. The protection order was put in place because he had held a gun, a knife to her throat, and said she had, he'll kill her right, <laughs> if she right. ever leaves him. Okay. So gotcha. yeah, that was nuts. Gotcha. But, I gapped out a couple times there. As soon as you start doing that English accent, you start doing accents. I just I don't know, man. <laughs> Freaks me out a little bit. I just start gapping. <laughs> It was good. Well, it was a good day. Thanks for thanks for hanging out with me. And uh, anything else we got to handle here? Want me to wrap this up? Yep, you wrap it up. Okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care of yourselves. Hugs. <laughs> well, we made it through another episode. Even with all the snow trying to knock out Jack's ability to do this podcast, we conquered. Hey. Thank you so much, and we will not talk about all the other things like Patreon this time because I feel like we beat you over the head with that earlier in the episode. But um, look for us on Facebook. Stop by, join our groups if you want. Say hi. There's some amazing people there. And we show up every once in a while to say hugs. Also, if you ever want to be beaten soundly in Scrabble Go, look me up. I'm always on there ready for a challenge. Hugs. <laughs> <laughs>